Well, hi, Cedarview. Welcome again to our Sunday night teaching time. We're in a series called Renewed in the Spirit of Your Mind, How the Life of God Gets Inside. How the Life of God Gets Inside. And the way it gets inside is the Holy Spirit working through our mind, primarily, at least at the first stages. I want to talk to you tonight about about something that doesn't get talked about, at least gets talked about very rarely in the church, but but does get talked about a lot in the scriptures. It's one thing to talk about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. We know the Romans 12, 1 and 2, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's easy to talk about the mind without actually talking about how the mind works, how thinking happens, and how the Holy Spirit wants to work in that process to transform our lives. So here's the title tonight. It's a bit different. I want to talk to you about ideas, images, and the Holy Spirit. Spiritual formation and the renewing of the mind. I have two texts that I'm going to read, but we won't get into in depth for a little bit. But I want to introduce them right now. Romans 8, 5 and 6. We looked at these words last Sunday night as well. Romans 8, 5, and 6, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds, there it is, the minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. All I'm pointing out there is that it's the person who does this. This isn't something God does. This is people, people setting their, that's the verb, people setting their minds, thinking, setting their minds on the things of the flesh, setting their minds on the things of the Spirit. This is something people do as they cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Okay, verse 6, Romans 8, we read 5, now 6. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. One other quick reference, Psalm 16, verse 8. I have set the Lord... Always before me. Again, this is something, this isn't something God does. This is something the psalmist did. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. I said, we're not going to get into those two texts for a little bit. But before we get to them, I want to talk to you about how we think, how thinking happens, both spiritual thinking and carnal thinking, how the mind gets involved. We need to study that so we'll be able to draw out of those two texts all that the Holy Spirit wants us to receive. Everything in the Christian life has to do with with our, our thoughts. That's the place where we begin... And we cooperate in the process of change. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Romans 12. So the first steps toward the uh, spiritual transformation of an individual, the first steps, according to the Bible, start with the mind, how we think, and the way the Holy Spirit wants to change and renew that process. Really shouldn't surprise us, actually. Consider how the fall, mankind's ruin, consider how that took place. And the way it took place is deception. Satan comes to Eve with 
an idea. He gets into her head, into her mind, into the way she thinks. That's how the fall took place. So it really shouldn't surprise us that that's how the renewing of creation, our lives, the renewing of our lives takes place in the same way with the renewing of our minds. It's not to deny in any way the absolute necessity of the work of the Holy Spirit. We can't change this all by ourselves. God is the sovereign uh, transformer and renewer of our minds. So when I say change begins in the mind, I'm not just talking about the power of positive thinking or something like that. I'm simply acknowledging where God wants to begin his transforming work in my life. We're establishing the Holy Spirit's entry point into transforming our lives. Proverbs, we know these words. For as a person thinks in his heart, so is he. That's Proverbs 23, 7. The heart there isn't, isn't the organ in your chest that pumps blood most of the time in the scriptures. It's, it's, it's the part of the person that plans, that dreams, that loves, that sets priorities and thinks. And that's why the mind is most frequently linked, not with what we might think the head in the scriptures, but the mind is usually linked with the heart as a man thinks in his heart. Now, when all of that's taken into account, it, it's amazing how rarely we actually together corporately study this process about our thoughts, how we think, what goes on in our minds when we think, how does, how does thinking actually happen, good thinking, bad thinking, and Again, the Bible says that's really important. I have three or four thoughts I want to go over. And again, uh, pray that the Lord will help us just to focus in on some things that we don't usually talk about very much together in the body of Christ. Point number one, the process of thinking involves usually two things that we're going to talk about, ideas and images, First, we're going to look at ideas. Just stay with me here. It's a mistake to think that ideas are limited to, you know, the thoughts of intelligent people. That's not true. All heads, your head, my head, our minds, they're constantly full of ideas. Good ideas, bad ideas. You don't have to read or watch the news or pursue knowledge to have ideas. Everyone, everyone's life is governed by ideas. Ideas are, let's just call them the assumptions that you hold about reality. They're the way you interpret the world in which you live. They're the things you assume to be true. And I use that word assume because only rarely do we actually sit down and think about these ideas. But still, you're not just in this world taking space. You, you process the world around you. You relate to it. Everybody does. That's true of the Christian. 
It's true of the atheist. They have different ideas that they bring to the table, but they're ruled by ideas. Everyone shapes his or her life by the ideas they hold about reality. It's, it's your religious creed that might play a big part in your life. Usually it doesn't. As a man thinks in his heart, the ideas that you, you actually live by that are at the center of your activities. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Well then, Pastor Don, this seems simple. If, why don't people just change the ideas that they have in their heads and we'll all be godly again? And, and it would be wonderful. It would be wonderful if it were that simple. But there's, there's, there's a problem with the, the world of ideas in all of our minds. Ideas, that is the ideas we actually live by, they, they don't frequently get specifically articulated. It's not like we write these big ideas of our lives down on paper. The ideas that we hold are formed gradually, formed over time, and usually quite carelessly. We're not even actually sure where all the ideas that we live by come from. I mean, we have ideas about marriage, ideas about sexual orientation, ideas about justice, ideas about creation or evolution, ideas about the meaning of life, priorities that we set. People are frequently governed by ideas they don't even deeply analyze. They're ruled by ideas that they don't actually think about a lot. They've just come to hold certain views. This is the problem. This is why we're told not to love the world. Our, our lives, all of us, our lives absorb ideas from all sorts of sources every day. And that word absorb is really important and it's really accurate. Most of the ideas that shape your life aren't consciously adopted. They, they arrive in our minds by association with the world around us more than by specific mental exercise. They arrive, they gain power, even while we aren't thinking about them at all, but they still shape our lives. We're, we're constantly being shaped by friends, by the media, especially the media. Movies, the internet, books, magazines, television programs. This has been going on since you were a child, and it will continue until the day you die. So, so again, let me just say this. Many people's lives are controlled by ideas that they couldn't actually say where those ideas came from. They were absorbed from all sorts of places. That's the nature of our culture. The ideas aren't actually analyzed as such. And that's the incredible power of what gets into our hearts as a man thinks in his heart. That, that's what he is. That's what he is, the Bible says. No wonder the warning, eh? Proverbs 4.23. Keep your heart. And it's not talking about here. It's talking about here. Keep, keep your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. 
You have to be very careful about the kinds of ideas you let just drift into your mind. Here's why. That's, that's what your life's going to be like. The ideas people have about fun, pleasure, sex, marriage, freedom, happiness, life, death, eternity. They matter so much because usually we don't stop and consider how we got those ideas. But they shape not just our present life, but our future. Your, your, your future will be determined by the ideas that dominate your mind right now. That's because you plan your future in your mind. And your mind has this incredible power to, to sort of run ahead of the rest of your life, to sort of time travel into the future before the rest of your being gets there. So, so the ideas that you have, they shape the rest of your life down the road. Okay, we've covered a lot of turf here. Let me just review. Here's what we've learned. Ideas. They creep into all of our hearts. And they shape the whole life. But for the most part, for the most part, they do this by osmosis. They do it automatically. That's because the ideas that rule your life usually aren't born in an instant. Sometimes they are, but usually not. You don't look back and say, there, that's where that idea gripped my life. It, 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 it seeps in. Ideas seep in. They're shaped by upbringing, the culture in which we immerse ourselves, by the media, especially by the media, somewhat less by our formal education, tremendously by the friendships we cultivate. So, so look carefully at the friends, your close friends, the people you spend the most time with, because there, that's what your life's going to be like down the road. This is why our lives are really usually so stubbornly hard to change. Lives are hard to change because ideas are hard to change. And ideas are hard to change because it takes an incredible amount of humility, honesty, self-reflection, what the Bible calls repentance. It takes a good deal of that to kind of accurately identify the worldview, the ideas that are shaping your life, maybe taking them in the wrong direction. Most of us can't look inwardly that honestly. Most people can't be bothered to analyze the sort of the inner landscape that ideas are forming. And now we come, I said there were two things. Hope you can remember. We come to the second process that we must remember about how our minds are formed and changed. The first is ideas. I said there were two shapers of the inward life. The second is images. And if ideas get formed over time, gradually, images don't work that way. They're powerful, they're vivid, and packed with, with immediate attraction and um, emotion. Images don't operate on the basis of true and false, logical or destructive. Images bypass all of that. They, they cater to our desires. This is what the advertisers know. This is what the advertisers know. 
That's the most important thing to remember about images. You may think your way to an idea, but you feel the immediate impact of an image. They cater to the desires, the cravings of our beings. So they aren't logical and content-filled like ideas. Images don't form around algebra or physics or theories or political economics. Images are different. They're about, they're about popularity, coolness, success, pleasure, gratification. They, they appeal immediately to inclinations. That's what gives them their punch, their success. Not everyone likes the discipline of deep thought, but everyone has desires itching to be filled. And so you will usually see the power of images in things like advertising, fashion, popular music, fads, ideas of acceptance, popularity, images of success and the good life, you know, the right cologne, the right perfume, the right sports car, always pictured with some beautiful babe on a sunny highway with the top down. All these images are powerful shapers of dreams. They, they just come and creep into our desires. Images come, there's, there aren't words. Very little is said explicitly right up front. The image does all the talking. It pulls on our feelings, what we'd like to be. Now, okay, what does... Ideas, images, Pastor Don, what does all of this have to do with a Sunday evening teaching to church people? Just this. Nobody will go far in the process of being renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's Paul's phrase. Or transformed by the renewing of the mind. That's another phrase. No one's going to go very far in that process until they understand how our lives get formed and shaped in the first place. So, so we need to look diligently at how this process works in all of our lives before we can look at how we can be transformed. There's a process that has to be recognized. See, we were created in a certain way. Everyone is in the process of being formed day by day. Not just Christians, everybody. We need to know how this works so we can apply it to having the Holy Spirit renew our minds. Point number two. The devil uses this process of shaping our minds as the very essence of his spiritual warfare against our souls. And if you doubt that, let me, let me just make it really vivid and clear and simple. Consider this. In the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, Satan comes to Eve. Remember, she is in, Eve is presently in the most perfect environment imaginable. Okay? There is no crime. There is no injustice. There's no discrimination. There's no racism. There's no sickness. Imagine. Satan comes to Eve in the most perfect environment there is. 
And remember, he comes to a woman who, besides all of this, is morally innocent and still unfallen in nature. Satan comes to this perfect creation in a perfect environment, and he wants to mess it up. How will he do it? Well, he doesn't approach Eve with a club. He approaches Eve with an idea. Do you see it? How did, how did we get in this mess? It was an idea, a bad idea. The battle didn't start with her body. It started with her mind. He plants and waters the simple idea that she can run her life better than God. There's the idea. That's the idea he plants. But notice something else. Something that will reveal the relevance of everything we've been talking about tonight. This idea of asserting her autonomy from God, it's not stated specifically in words. He doesn't come and say, God's an idiot. You know better than God. He doesn't, she probably would have denied that. That's not how he does it. Satan never works like that. He has this bad idea, but it's hidden in the background. The idea comes in the background. There's an image, the image of a tree. Look at that tree. See? Beautiful fruit. The text says she saw that it was desirable to the eyes. So here's the idea. God doesn't know what's best. You know what's best. But it's not stated clearly up front. The idea up front is, look at that tree. That's a nice tree. It's beautiful. You deserve it. So the image appeals to Eve's desires long before that idea was clearly articulated in her mind. In fact, the image, it's designed to work quickly just so people don't have time to process the idea. Sin is always that way. Sin is always Foolish if you examine it honestly and diligently and carefully. So the gratifying of desires has to work quickly to suck people in before they get a chance to think everything through. That's how sin works. Satan rarely comes and just holds up the idea of rejecting God and his ways. He holds up the image of a great social life. He holds up popularity with friends. He holds up acceptance by the values of the culture. He holds up all sorts of things that will cater to the desires. He holds up the prospect of fabulous career opportunities if maybe you just don't focus so much on church and family. Satan knows you can argue with an idea, but an image just sweeps you along. It's always the twisted genius of the way the devil works in our minds. Because he's not omnipresent, people don't always think about this. God is omnipresent. Satan is not. He can't be everywhere at once. He can't touch everyone's life directly. Satan can't do that. And he knows he doesn't have to do it. 
As long as he can feed through the media, through all sorts of, if he can feed bad ideas wrapped in very attractive images, he can reach the masses. Several New Testament passages alert us to this danger. As we wrap up, let me just read these. 2 Corinthians 10.5. Here, Paul. Paul's talking about how the gospel, the truth, how the truth of God's word works in our lives by the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 10.5. We destroy arguments. And every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. These thoughts, they run wild. They come in all sorts of places. If you're not careful, I said, we don't even trace where all the ideas come from. And Paul says, you, you got to get a hold on those things. Look at Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. What's he talking about, strong in the Lord? Leaping tall buildings like Superman? No, that's not what he's talking about. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, ideas, the schemes of the devil. Today, there are well over 7 billion people on planet Earth. And every single one of them is being formed through the inner workings of the mind. Ideas, images, spiritual formation, either for good or for evil, is taking shape in every person on earth today. And the mind is the battleground. God knows it. Satan surely knows it. And we need more and more Christians to know it. So the place to begin, if you want to yield to the Spirit, that's what we want if you want to yield to the Spirit in the renewing of the mind, you're going to begin by yielding to the Spirit at some point where you might not be looking yet. Don't ignore what delights your mind. Examine your mental inclinations. Examine those things carefully when you kneel to pray and pray about them. Ask God specifically why you think more about sports or celebrities or your best friend's party or your investments or redecorating your house. Ask God honestly why those things gravitate to the center of your mind more than his word. Remember, Paul tells us very specifically that our thoughts run wild if left to themselves. They will drag the rest of you away from Christ and the renewing life of the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul says, you, you, you take those captive. Look at what you're thinking about. Look at the ideas. Stop and consider the ideas that have crept in unnoticed. The things that suddenly you're starting to agree with, that you never used to agree with. The things you're starting to find acceptable, that you never used to find acceptable. How's that happening? See, that's the spiritual battle. Take those thoughts captive. Don't just teach your dog to heal. Teach your thoughts to heal before the Lord God Almighty. Make them the first object 
of your examination in the light of God's word. Always let the word overrule your natural instincts. Make your thoughts kneel before God Almighty. Make them the first object of examination, repentance, discipline, and diet in your walk with Jesus. And this is so important. We're going to talk about it more next week. Let's pray. As a person thinks in his heart, so is he. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. We need to think about our thoughts, how they get there, where their life comes from, the images that draw out our desires. Oh, Jesus, make us alert to what's going on in the mental landscape all around us so we don't drift through life with a Bible under our arms. But we're being shaped by the rule of Christ through the power of the Spirit in our thinking. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus, and I thank you. Amen. Bless you, church. Keep thinking about this and love one another.